Jim Davis Show on Colorado Sports Leader, the team. It's 8 o'clock, Jim and Cake today from the Bozart Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. It's Apache Friday. We celebrate the start of the weekend. It's Friday, the, the doorstep of the weekend. Busy football weekend, NFL, college football, conference championship games. That could go a long way in determining the final four for the last year of the four-team college football playoff. While I think most of us want and are excited about the 12-team playoff, which will be next year, there's a part of me that I'm going to miss four teams. And people are going, are you crazy? And it might very well be. Could very well be. We need to get you tested first. I just... Wait a minute, what... Why do you have that little cup over there? You, no, why, why, why did management? Why are they talking to you? They, do you no, 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 nothing. I don't know. What, I don't know what you're talking about. Are, are you? Are, look, are you going to try to make me submit a sample? I mean, no. A, and on an unrelated note, keep drinking that tea. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Hmm, it smells okay. Hmm. Do something to the tea bags that I'm not aware of? Not... No. Oh, okay. But anyway. Anywho. The, the four-team playoff does create, I think, more opportunities to, to have these kind of discussions. And while it's 12 teams, far more fair, the way it should be. Some would like to see it become 16 at some point. See what happens. That's more in line with what Division Two does and things right. like that. I just think that when we have four teams, there's only four. It's like musical chairs. There's only four seats left. And who gets those four seats? Because now we have 12 teams. It's going to be, okay, more about seating and who should be seated first through one through 12. And who's going to get home games in the first round. And and who, you know, who's number 13, number 14 that that, that didn't get in. That yeah, see, a, lot, a lot of NCAA tournament kind of conversation. I was going to say, there's... The conversation's not going to go away. It's going to be different. Expanding it from 4 to 12, it's going to—it's just going to be different. Because it's going to its going to be like this. There's going to be that 13-14 seed. And it's going to be some maybe group of five school. Right? Like a Boise State. Or a whatever. It's going to be a school that's like had a a Cinderella story season and you're thinking maybe they have a chance maybe they have a chance to get into the college football playoff and they're like and then all of a sudden they play their conference championship game or whatever or they play some power five game to close the regular season and it just they you know some wacky play happens and they miss out on the college football playoff and everybody's screaming, well, they should have been it. They should have been, they only had one loss and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, that conversation's going right. to happen. Right. So, okay. So right now, if there was a 12 team playoff, Georgia would be in, regardless what happens this weekend, Georgia would be in, Michigan would be in. Makes sense. I still think they're, they're in regardless. 
Washington. Okay. Florida State. Okay. They they would they would be in. Because even if they lose in their conference championship game, they're one those are both one loss teams. They'd be twelve and one. How do you say, nah, they're not getting in? Nah. Yeah, they'd be in. They'd be in. Oregon, Ohio State, who right now is the only team, in my opinion, that does not have a path. Ohio State would be in. Texas would be in. Alabama would be in. And then it gets interesting. And this is where maybe the 12 team will still have interest because it is the back half of this. It's it's numbers 9, 10, 11, 12. All right. Missouri's 10 and 2. They're, they're ninth right now in the, in the playoff rankings. Penn State's 10th, 10 and 2. Mississippi is 11th, 10 and 2. Oklahoma's 10 and 2. They'd be the last one on the door. But then you got LSU, which I thought could very well win a national championship this year. A lot of people did. Obviously not, but they're, they're 13th. They're 9 and 3. Louisville, which has Florida State, ACC championship game, they're 10 and 2. Arizona's come on strong here, but they're they're not playing for a conference championship. They're nine and three. Iowa is playing for a conference championship. They're ten and two. Hmm. Notre Dame's nine and three. Oklahoma State's nine and three. I and mean, there comes a point where there's like like a cutoff where you'd have to look at, you know, does is Louisville ten and two? Did they deserve to be in? They've had a really good season, but I don't know if they they necessarily do or not. It's that's where the debate. That's where the debate is going to be going forward. Seeding, who gets first round home games, and who gets those final spots? Because thing, that's because that's where it is tasty. That's where it is intriguing. You know, really numbers nine through twelve, and the schools surrounding that potentially. That you know, does Arizona get rewarded for a really strong, you know, finish to the season? Right. Maybe, maybe they do. Louisville comes up with the upset over Florida State. Do they get in? Say Oklahoma loses to Oklahoma State. They drop to 10-3. and three. Does that take them out of the conversation? The thing for me, too, and this is... This probably isn't fair to the conversation at large because you're talking about individual players and not the team as a whole. But if I'm the college football playoff committee, I'm looking at... Okay, you have LSU. Jaden Daniels is... A front runner, potentially for the Heisman Trophy. I like Michael Penix, but uh, Jaden Daniels. Okay, I mean, so he's in the conversation. But, but, but Jaden Daniels is no. I, I'm, but I don't disagree. I think a lot of people, and I like Jaden Daniels. He's having a, a great season. I like, I like Penix personally. But so you have Jaden Daniels, LSU, a, a pretty historic program, a in the history of college football, national recent, champion not that long ago with you know Joe Burrow and that stacked LSU team. Lamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, I was insane. Lloyd Cushenberry the third, we forget yeah, he was that's out. true. And then you have Missouri. Now I don't know if this is just old CU Buffs fan me looking through my black and gold glasses and remembering the fifth down game and all that. But if I'm if I'm the college football playoff committee. I'm going eh, LSU, Heisman Trophy winner, or Missouri. One of these two Tigers has to duke it out. And that's where I would go, okay, you have Alabama, Georgia, the SEC title game. Put LSU, Missouri in a sort of silver medal game to decide who gets to be in that. Oh, you want to play? You want to play? You want to play in game? I do. In a situation like this, I think that would make perfect sense. 
And that's why at some point they'll probably go to 16. <laughs> Fair enough. At some point that probably will, that will happen. Fair enough. Because you want the players that are marketable. You know, we always talk about like how NIL has ruined college football. And okay, whatever. That's people's opinions. I think there's some merit to it. If you're the college football playoff selection committee and the people and the media that are closely tied to it, who do they want? Do they want someone who's a potential Heisman frontrunner playing in the college football playoff? Or do they want Missouri? You're right. Star powers, you know, I certainly would think will play a role in, in how that all goes. Yeah, that's a possibility. I, I just I just think when you have only four spots available, it does create more conversation. But I'm 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 welcoming, I'm embracing, I'm embracing all the open arms, the 12 team playoff coming up next season. I'm looking forward to it. Uh one other thing before we get to around the NFL. As we're talking college football and your thoughts about the college football playoff weekend. What does it look like? Uh, conference championship weekend, Sunday when they announce it. Who do you think will be the, the four teams that get into the playoffs? Can text or call us. Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line, 970-242-1340. Also, we talked a lot about the, the Von Miller situation. Von Miller uh, turned himself into police yesterday. This incident with his girlfriend, by the way, happened at like 1040 Wednesday morning. In like broad daylight. And it, and it took until yesterday afternoon for Vaughn to turn himself in. Not a great look. Not a great look. But Vaughn Miller accused of, of uh, assault on his girlfriend, who was pregnant, by the way. And it's also the same girlfriend that he was accused of assaulting when she was pregnant then, back in 2021 when he played for the Broncos. And Parker Police did not pursue any charges on that. The different story this time around. He... Um, he, was, he turned himself in, processed, and is now out on a $5,000 bond. Just as a Broncos fan, that, that doesn't make you feel just your, your thoughts about it. Once again, innocent until proven guilty. They've had a history. It's a very, sounds like a very toxic relationship from, from what you read. But just your thoughts on that today as well. Chick-fil-A breakfast team, phone line 970-242-1340. I do want to mention one more college football-related thing before we move on. I remember Christian Foray that played for the University of Colorado. Uh, NFL tied in with the Patriots and a broadcaster as well. Really good football player. Uh, outstanding buff uh, tied in back in the day. Well, his son Caleb was with the University of Colorado. Say was because he's hitting the transfer portal. He's got two years of eligibility left. And where Caleb Foray, the standard social media, wanted, you know, enjoyed my time here. The, the, the standard, appreciate uh, the opportunity to play here. Saying all the right things. Looking forward to, to moving on for my next opportunity and ready to compete and those kind of things. Dad wasn't quite so nice about it. Oh, dear God. Christian Fourier sharing a quote from Deion Sanders stating that that booster, the Buffalo boosters need to be giving more in NIL funds to land top players because Deion said that recently. Fourier also tweeted out, though, I thought there wasn't an ATM. Remember, because at one point, Coach Prime was talking about how guys don't want to play here. You know, it's we're not an ATM. We're not going to buy guys to come here. We're not going to pay for guys to come here. And there has been a shift in philosophy on the part of Coach Prime. 
Coach Prime saying, it's unfortunate to say this, but some kids cost. We can sit here and talk about great coaching and great this and great all that we want, but it's going to be a credit card swipe with all these guys going to these playoffs. The previous comment was November 21st from Deion Sanders. We're not an ATM. That's not going to happen here. If you come to Colorado to play football for me and the Colorado Buffaloes, it's, it's because you really want to play football and receive a wonderful education. Is some of this the pressure of guys, some guys transferring, decommits, that he now feels like, oh, man, if we're going to get to the next level, we're going to get offensive linemen that we need and we, to protect Shadur to try to make a run at, at any sort of college football playoff spot and expand a playoff in, in 2024, we got to start spending some money. I, I, I Look, I have to agree with Christian Foray in this point. It, it does come off as... Being a bit of a being a hypocrite at one point, you're saying guys don't want to be here. Then they that's fine. We're not going to pay for them to be here to go. Well, you know, some guys though are going to cost us some money. It's it's a misstep, like how he handled the Sean Lewis situation, which was a absolute screwed that up. I, I don't care how much of an ardent Deion Sanders fan you are. He screwed that up with Sean Lewis. He publicly embarrassed him by taking play calling away from him over something that wasn't his fault. It's not his fault the offensive line can't block. Want to blame somebody? Blame Bill O'Boyle. Why are you blaming Sean Lewis for that? He put in Pat Shermer to run the offense. And he got... It, it, it went from being an, a 35-point-per-game offense to scoring 20 in their last four games, which they all lost. Love Deion Sanders, still think it was the right hire, still think he did a lot of incredible things there. But he still makes a lot of mistakes. And the Sean Lewis thing will always, in my opinion, be one of his biggest mistakes because that was a guy offensively that your son, the quarterback, had a good rapport with. And they were trending in the right direction. The offense was carrying the water for this team until the UCLA game where, well, let's blame, let's blame Sean Lewis for this problem. It's not his pro- it's not his fault the line can't block. Maybe he should have got better guys in the portal if he could have. I-, I don't know, which is tough to do. Anyway, eight fourteen. That's that's my little take it you don't agree with. Not at all. How, not how, at all. Did, how is it Sean Lewis's fault? Tell me how it's Sean Lewis's fault so it's, that they lost to UCLA. It's not Sean Lewis's fault that the offensive line had trouble blocking. And well then why take his job away from him? <laughs> The Stanford game was this sort of nexus moment where you realized, okay, there's still a lot of work to do. How was that Sean Lewis's fault? They were up 29 nothing. It's not necessarily Sean Lewis's fault. What Deion Sanders had to do in that moment... Is have a scapegoat? <laughs> no. He, he had to make clear that whatever it was that they were doing whatever status quo they had through those first few games, when you get embarrassed like you did against Stanford, you got to make some type of change. Now, change for change's sake doesn't always work, and I usually disagree, and I do disagree. They can Charles Kelly, the defensive coordinator, because they had a 29-0 lead. No, and, and that probably would have been the smarter move. I'm The move itself, I do disagree with. I think in the end, especially Pat Shermer, because as a 
As a Broncos fan, I, I, mean, I that, know that all add, too well. That adds insult to injury. No, it adds, it's, it's completely. But if Dion said, I would have been more, not necessarily more upset, but I would have been more confused after the Stanford game if no change was made whatsoever. In well, whether it was in who calls plays or defensively or what, if they had done nothing, if they had said, eh, okay, whatever, Stanford lost, blah, blah, blah. That was a garbage Stanford team that you had a yep, four-touchdown lead on and, and, guess and you who, blew it. And guess who decided to go for it on fourth down and give Stanford great field position in the second half? Coach Prime on a couple of very bad decisions on the part of Deion Sanders. He's the one who makes that decision. Buck stops with him, man. I, To me, it's like, Hey, the engine isn't working right, so let's rip out the transmission of this car. I, I, and sometimes change just for change isn't good. And unless you're, you're targeted in, there's the problem. This guy isn't getting it done. We're going to make a move here. Sean Lewis w- wasn't the problem with this football team. No. And, and, and now you've lost a guy. Your, your son, the quarterback, had a rapport with. Guy that when you decide to leave, which will happen... Could have been the coach in waiting, break glass in case of necessary, and keep this thing, what you built, keep it rolling. And and now he's at San Diego State. I, anyway, we, we agree to disagree. I, I just think it's a really bad, bad decision on his part. All right, uh, time for Around the NFL. The latest on the Broncos and the league. It's Around the NFL on the Jim Davis Show. All right, so the, the Broncos take on the Texans Sunday, and the Broncos... Continue to rack up the turnovers. Denver defense has been sensational. Fresh out the oven. And uh, Vance Joseph talking about uh, the, the Broncos' run of forcing turnovers during this five-game winning streak. I think what's different with this group, man, is that they're intentional with it every single day. You know, you have teams you coach, and you kind of coach taking the ball away, you know, punching the ball, ripping the ball out. But these guys are intentional with it, even in practice. You know, no one goes by an opportunity to get the ball, you know, even as a pass rusher, if they win, they want the elbow, they want the ball. You know, that's what we've taught forever, but some teams take to it and some teams don't, but this team has. And, you know, once you get it rolling and they start watching themselves, you know, two or three, four a game, and it's, it's contagious. You know, we do a good job as a staff of showing them TV copies because sometimes players never watch TV copies and it's cool to watch the slow-mo, you know, and watch their eye placement and watch their attention to, attacking elbow in the football in slow motion and Aikman saying, well, that's a great job by Macmillan, you know? And, you know, so it's, that's, that's a big part of it on Thursday, we do that on Thursday, Thursday mornings. So it's, uh, it's been fun to watch guys just take to it in practice and in games and it's working for us. Hopefully it continues. Did he say, sorry, did he say Macmillan? Did he mean Jaquan McMillan? I think he, I think as he's calling him Macmillan, I think that's, maybe it's a little nickname for him. I don't know. But Jaquan Mc, McMillan has been he's been a huge part of this. Huge, yeah. Broncos have forced 16 turnovers during the five-game winning streak. That is that's impressive. And you know what? Not to diminish anything, they've needed those 16 turnovers. They've, they've needed those 16 turnovers. So uh, they're hoping to get a few uh, turnovers from uh, the rookie quarterback of the Houston Texans, C.J. Stroud, who's had a, a sensational rookie campaign right now. Give it to him. AFC Offensive Rookie of the Year. It's it's a no-doubter. 
And uh, Justin Simmons talking about facing a very poised rookie quarterback in C.J. Stroud. Yeah, I think uh, the number one thing that comes to mind is poise. When you watch him on film, he, uh, he's been in a lot of tough situations. Um, I mean, game-winning drives, and he's put up big numbers. But I think it's the, it's the poise for me as a young guy to be able to go in and, and execute when he needs to. The number one thing that comes to mind, there's multiple cases of this, but, um, you know, they played the Bengals, and, you know, he throws the almost like a pick six. And uh, the next drive, he comes out there, and I mean, it's not even affecting him. And um, that could be challenging for you know a young quarterback or any player in general, you know, to give up a play like that and then to come back and you know finish out the game. So uh, yeah, he's got a lot of talent, and uh, it's going to be a great challenge for us defensively going down to Houston and trying to get a big AFC win. All right, our Broncos insider, uh, My Life Sports Locked on Broncos podcast host Cody Work had some thoughts about C.J. Stroud as well. He doesn't really get rattled by pressure. I hate to make this comparison, but he reminds me a lot of Russell Wilson in a sense. For most rookie quarterbacks, you see them, when they face pressure, sometimes you sense like a little bit of panic. I honestly have not seen any panic in C.J. Stroud. All right, so uh, that game this Sunday, Broncos... At the Houston Texans, both teams are six and five in the playoff hunt. Pre-game at eleven with countdown to kickoff, or pre-game at nine, excuse me, with countdown to kickoff, and then kickoff at eleven from Houston. The Broncos and the Texans this Sunday on the Team Sports Network. We should mention that the NFL has—they've uh, uh, made a schedule change for the Broncos. The Broncos uh, game at Detroit has been moved to a primetime game that'll start at six fifteen. On December 16th, so the Broncos at the Lions will now be a primetime game uh, coming up. All right, so last night you had uh, Thursday Night Football, an incredible game last night. You had the Dallas Cowboys scoring off against the uh, uh, the Seattle Seahawks last night and Dallas uh, getting the victory last night. Um, a three-touchdown night, 41-35 victory last night for the Cowboys over the Seahawks. Dak Prescott... Threw for three touchdowns last night. Well, so did Geno Smith as well. And uh, after the game, uh, Dak talked about the win over the Seahawks at uh, at Gerald World. We talked about the records earlier in the week, and right can't pick out how, how it's been matched up. But obviously, know the stretch that we have coming coming ahead of us, and this was a, a big one to get, as you said, the first uh, I guess the first one with the winning winning record. But more importantly. In the fashion that we did, in a tough game, back and forth, down at halftime, down in the fourth quarter, um, and the guys and the team really just making plays when plays were needed and playing playing ultimate complimentary football. All right, that's Dak Prescott. Dak last night, uh, great game, 29-41, 2.99, three touchdowns last night. And then uh, Troy Pollard had a touchdown, 68 yards in the ground. CeeDee Lamb, big game, 116 yards and a touchdown with Jake Ferguson uh uh, grabbing a touchdown pass, and he had 77 yards. And then Tyler left uh, DK Metcalf off his fantasy team. Way to, way to go, Cake. Yeah, that uh, was uh, that gets the old. DK Metcalf, six catches, 134 yards, and three touchdowns last night. Ugh. And Jackson Smith, uh, Najigba, seven catches, 62 yards. Uh, Zach uh, Charbonnet uh, had a touchdown last night, but also in 60 yards, but he also damn, injured his knee last night. Uh, in that Seahawks uh, running back course, starting to get a little bit more uh, thin. Geno Smith, though, great game. 23 of 41, 334, three touchdowns and a pick. So the Cowboys move to 9 and 3. Seahawks are 6 and 6. All right, uh, Jim along with Cake today. It's time to play. Where in the world is Tyler Franzen? Yes, it is. And, and, oh, and come on. 
Oh, come on, Zeta. There we go. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Where the hell is he? Well, I can't find him. He's not hide forever. I will find you. Yes. Your chance to win beer today. Case of Brewski from New Belgium Brewery and High Country Beverage. Some fat tire for your weekend football watching festivities. Must be 21 or older. And if you've won within the last two weeks, please sit it out. Otherwise, text in to 970-242-1340. And the first correct text will get a case of beer today from New Belgium Brewery and High Country Beverage. Division Two basketball is home to some gems, including this 10,000-seat arena, an hour straight drive from the Canadian border. How about largest seating capacity in its conference? Check. Largest video board in Division Two? Check. And to think, the entire place was constructed by beavers. Oh, I'm being told that beaver is just their mascot. Oh, well. Where in the world is Tyler Francis? It'd be cool to see the little hard hats on the beavers. Out right. there. <laughs> Got the safety vests on. Exactly. Hey, Joe, it's like breaks over, Joe. Can't sit down and chew on wood all day, Joe. Taking, they take a, a wood break as opposed to as a... As opposed uh, to a smoke break. Or, or a coffee break. All right, 825, we're going to talk a little Cap Rock Academy hockey coming up. Uh, Jackson Wilson, River City Sportplex, in with us as well today. We'll have that coming up next. Uh, your thoughts about the Von Miller situation? Uh, also, college football conference championship weekend. Sunday when they announce it, who do you think will be the final four teams to play for the championship this year? Share uh, your thoughts with us today. Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line, 970-242-1340. Oh, we do want to mention, by the way, that we have a winner for uh, this uh, month's, or this last month's, I should say, never-ending contest. Because anytime you win, like today with War in the World with Tyler Franson, you're qualified for the never-ending contest. And uh, the winner this uh, last month of the uh, Brother Airflow Serger and Brother Scanning Cut uh, from Owl's Nest Quilters uh, was uh, Tom Giroux. So, Tom, congratulations on winning last month. All the details at the team1340.com. We'll take a break and come back with more on the Jim Davis Show. I'm a big sports addict. I like sports. 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 This is the Jim Davis Show on the team. 101 FM, 1340 AM, Grand Junction. 102.1 FM, Delta Montrose. All right, welcome back. 829, Jim along with Cake today. Thoughts about the Von Miller situation. Uh, college football playoffs. Who do you think will be the final four teams coming up on Sunday after the conference games? Time to talk a little hockey this morning. Joining us in studio. It's been a while since we've been together. It feels like a long time. I know. Almost feels like the first time, to quote Foreigner, but uh, it's not. <laughs> no, I can tell you you're not a Foreigner fan. Jukebox right. hero, dude. That's okay, well, good. That, Foreigner 4. That's, that's, that's one of our warm-up songs. Oh, like, that's good. Jukebox. Yeah, dude, I get fired up for that one. Yeah. We had Sparky over here, Jacob Carmichael from uh, Caprock Academy going, who the hell's Foreigner? I have no idea who Foreigner is. I, what is that? Yeah, he has no He's like, I have no idea who that even is. He knows he knows who little guap or whatever is, though. Dude. <laughs> little guap. <laughs> All right, let's let's before we talk about Lyle Wilkins, uh, Caprock Academy coach here as well. We'll talk uh, Caprock Academy in just a moment because the opener is next Friday over at uh, River City Sportplex against Fort Collins. But we have to talk about the Avs uh, losing last night at Mullet Arena to the future Houston Arrows, the oh, uh, Arizona stop. Arizona Coyotes. You know they're they're heading to Houston. It's going to happen. It's you know, well, if, if Houston, Salt Lake, at least 
I can hang my hat on the, the, I hope this season keeps going the way they've been playing because this is one of the better coyote teams we've seen in the past. I don't know, four years. Um, but yeah, they're, they're a tough out this year. I mean, and the Avs are a good squad and they go down there and it's a tough place to play in Mold Arena. I mean, it's small. There's only 4,600 seats that are available to the public. 400 of the seats are available for the ASU student section. Small arena, bad locker rooms. You know, the visiting teams are definitely at a disadvantage when they go down there and uh, and the Coyotes have a better squad. So yeah, it's a tough out for sure. But but 11-9 record right now. After the, they get the winning overtime against the Avalanche last yep. night, 4-3. And uh, Kale McCarr, at least you can you can say you've done something Kale McCarr's done. Yeah, score score on yourself. Score on yourself. And it happened both yesterday. Both of them happened yesterday. Yeah, that's never fun. Um, but yeah, that was tough. I mean, McCarr, like, hockey's crazy, man. That puck's bouncing around. McCarr's trying to clear it out in front, and he just gets a wrong angle on it, and at, he touches, and it squeaks through uh, Georgiev. So, I mean, hey, what are you going to do, you know? But... It's tough. Avs, though, they've, they've been playing better. I think Jonathan Drew in starting to find his stride a little Power bit more. Power play has been really good. It's been cooking. Yeah. So, I, and they got a lot of offense going for him, too, right there. So, no, it'll be it'll be very interesting. Um, You know, we'll see what happens when uh, I think Sam Gerard gets back from the player assistance program. Um, You know, he was, he was having a little trouble there. But, you know, I think I think it's still a really good team. George Yev's great goalie. I mean, this guy, this guy is a PR number one goaltender in the NHL. Um, so that move looks really good uh, from two off seasons ago, and it'll just continue up the ladder. Um, and then we'll see. We'll see when uh, if Francis Seuss can get back, start getting in it again, see if they can have another good solid number two. So, but yeah, yeah, they're doing well. Um, the West is wide open from like from like number three to number seven or so. It's um it's pretty tight in there. You really your clear cut favorites right now are in the West, really Vegas, Dallas, Colorado. Um. But, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. So the LA Kings, yeah, playing really well right That's now. Thirteen and four, and they're they've played really well, and they're they're really young, right? So they they've drafted really well. They've acquired a lot of really good young talent, and they've bought into their system. They're playing, so the Kings are also a tough out. Um, and then plus, you know, you get they make the playoffs, right? Especially with the recent history over the past ten years. I mean, LA is good. That's a barn that's going to be rocking if come playoff time. So. You know, it would be funny seeing playoffs in Arizona where there's only 5,000 people there for, for a playoff game. I don't really know what the atmosphere would be like. It'd be fun to Set watch. Set up the big jumbotron outside, I guess. Oh, yeah, because that's where all they... Nobody, you're only going to have so many people that can fit into that place. Oh, well, so. then you got the brokest NHL team trying to cough over more money to ASU, trying to... Oh, yeah, well, can we borrow ASU? Can we borrow your outside uh, auditorium can, 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 we, can we do that? Is thanks that okay? For, thanks for building our NHL team, uh, Rink. Can we have <laughs> some more of your stuff? Sure. They've, they've got unlimited oh, funds, geez. right, at ASU. Oh, uh, one thing we should mention, even though we're you know, giving Kale McCarr some grief about scoring the, the goal last night on, on, George, on Georgiev... Uh, had a goal last night himself, um, one that didn't count for, for Arizona. But uh, he finished the month in November with four goals and 24 points. Had 20 assists Jesus. last month. That's the most in the month of November in league history. Wow. That guy, he's, he's unbelievable. And a year he's on the video game cover, too. I mean, I think he's really, and he's a household name. Like everyone knows, Kale McCarr is a superstar, but I think it's nice that he's really branching out, you know, and, and Canada's really all on the Quinn Hughes train up there. And, you know, 
and and obviously front runner along with mm-hmm. McCarr for the for the Norris this year. Yeah, he's really they're really good. I mean, they the scored top, off here recently. The so. top three defensemen in the NHL are Cam McCarr, Quinn Hughes, and Adam Fox right now of the Rangers, and 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 they're smaller offensive guys, right? But yeah, it's I mean, Cam McCarr is just so nasty. He's 23, 24 years old. I mean, it's they're they're because of him really, and the Abs are going to be able to keep him. They're gonna their their window, the Abs window to win a cup is just. <laughs> I mean, well, how long is Kill McCarr playing? <laughs> so exactly, and 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 look, last night McKinnon got to got the goal that they allowed him to get a point last night, yep. and so Mac continues to do his thing. But I've been impressed uh, with Ryan Johansson, yeah, and the way he's really kind of settled in. A couple of goals the other night in a victory, he's really settled in to to his new surroundings in Colorado. He was. Ryan Johansson was an unbelievable young player for Columbus, and then he he went to Nashville and. It has been good in Nashville when when he was doing his Nashville stuff, but he, he started to fall off a little. Like it kind of got a little comfortable, a little bland, a little gray. And you know, this off season they made that a very low risk move. And you know, we were talking about it this this summer. They brought in a lot of guys that were low. Jordan's risk. been better lately. Yep, but it, it, but it was all about the hey, can we revitalize this guy? Can they buy into the system? Can they properly identify what they need to be doing out on the ice as the second through fourth line guys? Um, to support uh, Rand and McKinnon, and um, Johansson's been great. I mean, good in the face-off. He's getting the system. He's a smart hockey player. Um, you know, Ross Colton, another good player. Yeah. Miles My- Woods is getting better. So, yeah, it's they're piecing it together. So it, it'll be fun to watch. Yeah, the lead in the Central right now over Dallas and Winnipeg. Uh, Jackson Wilson, River City Sportplex with us today, but also uh, Lyle Wilkins, a coach of the Caprock Academy Eagles, and also Jacob Carmichael, Sparky that plays for Caprock Academy as well. And, Lyle, good to have you back in with us. And uh, exciting times uh, because the, the first game for you guys at, at your home rink at River City Sportplex next Friday when you take on Fort Collins. Uh, take us through uh, how things have come together with this roster in your your inaugural campaign as the Caprock Academy Eagles. Yeah, super excited for the uh, upcoming games. Uh, we had a preseason more or less that lasted a couple of months. So we've been practicing quite a, quite a bit already. Um, but the Caprock official season starts next Friday. So. so take us through what it's been like it, to get this together. I mean, it's a, it's the JV campaign this year. Eventually we'll be moved to varsity. Uh, the fundraising, as we've talked about uh, with, with Jackson, has been going on for a long time to pull this all together. But now, you know, blades hit the ice and it, it's, it's time to, to start playing actual games. Uh, just kind of take us through some of the challenges from a coaching standpoint to pull this all together. Fortunately, you've got uh, a lot of uh, talent resources right there with the program, the Riverhawks. Yeah, certainly. Um, now that we're kind of transitioning into actually playing hockey, it's more tactical. Um, we were kind of in the admin stage where we're trying to build on the back end, um, but we're finally kind of moving into to more of that on-ice game scenario. Uh, really exciting for that. One of the biggest challenges is just all of our players go to different schools in the Valley. Um, so just communication is key. Um, we've been really blessed with what we have, um, but we've been able to, to kind of communicate and, and work through those challenges. So. Well, Wilkins, the coach of the Caprock Academy Eagles uh, hockey team with us today on the Team Sports Network. As far as number of players, what's it look like? Uh, has been, how's the turnout been, Lyle, in regard to uh, this first ever uh, local Chassa-sanctioned hockey team? Uh, they've been they've been fantastic. Um, we have 22 guys rostered on the team, um, and and every single one of them can skate and play, and so we're really excited to incorporate all of them. 
as a coach, first year, what are your expectations? What do you hope to see from from this first year uh, from the Eagles? Uh, lots of growth. Lots of growth. Um, we're building a culture, and um, it's a slow process, um, but we're, we're really excited to, to kind of grow that and establish um, a team that's going to stay. Do you know much about Fort Collins? Is there much of a scouting report here? It's next week, so you got a little get a little time here. I got a little uh, bit of time. Yeah, you're getting a little too far ahead of me. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, no. I mean, I've scouted them a little bit. I understand that, but unfortunately, there's not a whole lot of info on on JV records. So um, I know them. I know that they're going to be good. I can expect a good game. Make a phone um, call to a guy that knows a guy that might. Uh, hey, we saw him play and. Yeah, very kind of colloquial. <laughs> yes, there's no there's no written language on this team. We'll, we'll, we'll call around. I mean, how, how hockey works before the Chassis season in Colorado, you know, you have about from September through mid-November is you're doing tournaments and kids are playing kind of through the youth organizations. Um, so, yeah, we can absolutely do some digging. Okay, you're going to help out. Okay, you're going to be – are, you, are you like the lead scout? Are you going to become the lead yeah. scout for the, the yeah. Eagles? That Maybe. Be the, yeah, uh, leads – oh, dude, absolutely. Like kind of like put a mustache and okay. glasses. Lyle, I'm sorry. I just gave him a title. Advanced that, scout. You're the advanced scout. I gave him a title. That's a terrible thing I you, just did. That's the first time anyone said I've been advanced in anything. <laughs> See, once again, I'm throwing more gas in the fire here. Yep. Skills coach slash advanced. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> advanced Let's go. scout, lead scout. My only concern yeah. is, is this going to turn into like a Connor Stallion situation? Oh, where yeah. like, oh, exactly, where, where he shows up dressed up in listen, yeah, the gear cake. for the other team. Listen, You don't cake. have a 200-page manifesto on how you're going to take <laughs> over as the uh, Caprock Academy uh, program, do you, D. Jackson? It's not 200 yet. But <laughs> it's like a... It's like uh, like 180 right now. Yeah, 180 okay, yeah. words. I'm not sure what the Chassa rules are on me uh, stealing signs, but uh, for hockey. But you know, I think we're really working towards just finding any competitive advantage uh, that we can get, Kate. Okay. There you go. That's good. That's a that's a good way to describe it. Good way to describe it. We also have a uh, Jacob Carmichael Sparky with us from the Caprock Academy Eagles, and Jacob, for you, I mean, this is high school hockey. You guys uh, finally get to play in a, a Chassa-sanctioned team. Kind of take us through the, the excitement of uh, that first game coming up next Friday. Oh, yeah. Jitters are definitely going. I mean, first first ever high school hockey game in Grand Junction. So, obviously, got to gotta set the tone. <laughs> You're going to be a, a piece of history. You're going to be part of history coming up next yeah, Friday. Yep. Hopefully, grow the team this year. And a uh, lot of seniors are moving up. So, just hoping we can keep the keep the team going in future years. And really, just trying to build the build the team. All right, so give us some basics here. Uh, gr- your grade, what grade you're in right now, position, uh, and how long you've been playing hockey? Um, I go to Grand Junction High School. I'm a senior, and oh, I've been playing since I could walk. My dad put me on skates. Was crawling around the house in skates. So his his dad's one of the assistant coaches on okay. the team. His two older brothers came up, and him came up playing through Grand Junction youth hockey. He's he's the youngest of the of the three brothers. He's been around Junction hockey for ever, huh? Oh yeah. I mean, we we used to play at volleys when that froze. Oh over yeah, we're just down winter, down the yeah. street here, yeah. The junior Mavericks. <laughs> That was a long time ago. Hey, you've been you've been involved in in local youth hockey for for quite a a long stretch. So, take us through who are some of the players to keep an eye on. I mean, outside of Sparky, Jacob Carmichael, <laughs> uh, who are some of the guys that'll be the, the big goal scorers, the guys that uh, uh, who's between the pipes for you guys this season? 
Um, we got Marcus Meeks in between the pipes. He's been holding it down all preseason, doing his doing pretty well this year. So he'll be exciting to watch. Um, I don't know. We got a strong group of guys all over the place. There's a couple, couple here and there that you'll you'll catch an eye on, but for the most part, it's a pretty pretty good group. But it's gonna be exciting, like you said. For I mean, this is your your senior, but you're gonna get a chance to play Chassa hockey, which uh, seemed like you know a few years ago that was just a, a pipe dream, and and now you're gonna be part of the the reality of this. Uh, Sparky coming up next Friday. Yep, I'm more than excited. I'm ready to ready to play. Ready you, to go. You got you got any sleepless nights yet? I mean, we still got a week. Oh, dude, I <laughs> haven't, I haven't slept in since we started practices a month ago. What do you think the crowd's going to be like? What do you think River City, the atmosphere is going to be like over there for you guys' first chassis game? Well, as Lyle said, we have kids from all all over the place, all in the Valley. So hopefully we get kids from each each high school in the Valley and should be a pretty packed barn, I'm hoping. So, so you guys, Lyle and, and Sparky, so there's players from all four of the local high schools, correct, on your team? Or just what's the representation look yeah. like? I think there's more to like... Four, four local and Fruta. five. Obviously, Cap Rock has Fruta Palisade. Yep, we even have some junction. Okay, too. So, yeah. so it's a, it's a wide representation. Of course, kids go to Cap Rock Academy as well. Part of it. So, uh, uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, Saturday next Friday, excuse me, seven thirty, River City Sportplex, the first ever Chassa sanctioned hockey game here in the Valley. When uh, the Cap Rock Academy Eagles take on Fort Collins once again at seven thirty. What's that look like? Ticket prices, guys, and stuff like that. Uh, I believe it's seven dollars general admission, uh, five dollars kids and seniors. Okay, great. Uh, once again, that's it's not tonight, so don't show up tonight. Well, again, if you want to go over and skate or something, if got, yeah, we uh, got some we got some cosmic skate tonight. You know, a little you know, if you want to get out there, get the wheels burning. We'll run Rudolph run. Uh, you know, uh, boys, don't we got a bonfire going too for? Oh yeah, oh, yeah for, with some of the yeah. You tell us, uh, Sparky, about uh, maybe some of the 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 pre uh, game festivities before next week. Um. All I really know of off ice is really the bonfire, but um, we got the whole marching band out there on the ice. Um, we're going to have a puck drop. Um, I don't know, just kind of introduce everyone to hockey and high school hockey in general. So marching band, which marching band is going to be there? Uh, Cap Rock. Cap Rock Academy's marching band. Okay. So Sparky, what time, what time is bonfire? Before the game, he has no idea. I know. Before so, the game, so before the so what? Yeah. Good, good answer. That's it. Before we play, no spark plug. Uh, so they're doing they're doing a bonfire. So if you know River City Sportplex, there's an open lot next to the rink. They're gonna right. do they're gonna do a bonfire over there. We're not doing it on the ice. Um. So the Bad bonfire. Idea. The, yep. Yeah. The bonfire's gonna be on the lot next to them. You know, it's a big bonfire. Kind of. You know, everyone loves a big fire, right? Um, get get everyone all pumped up a little bit, and uh, and the boys. Especially will, if you're an arsonist, by the way, you're really a big. Well, fan. really, that's all you need. You need someone, to, and that's when they were trying to get someone to sign the permit. I'm like, just get someone who loves fire, man. <laughs> um, which you know, maybe I signed off on it, but uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but so no, it's really good. Like I just love that. This is such a melting pot for a sport in this town, and it's I think it's really going to spread its roots wide, um, and we're really excited. And, and, and the growth of these kids as they come up through the, you know, the youth program into Chassa, we're going to go from, from JV to varsity to state champ. So it's, you know, it's, it's a natural progression, but Wilkes is doing an unbelievable job here um, building the culture up with these kids. And, you can and, tell Lyle's already got 
the regular season beard. I mean, it's been oh. you've been you know going through practice and everything, but it's it's fully formed. It's ready to go. Yeah, you got, you got, you got the, in real strong. Yeah, yeah, looking you. So suit three you know three quarters zip. What's going to be the look for you? First game. What's that? Uh, what's oh, that we're going suit. We're going, going suit. suit. Very tie. good. Yeah, very hair good. Slicked back. Oh, yeah. very good. I like I'm, that. I'm telling you, this is buckle up. <laughs> All right, Jim, buckle up. Because, I mean, cake, Cake's going to be coming to these games, and he, I expect him front row, nose pressed to the glass. Come on, Eagles! Heat up! <laughs> Knock him out! Come on! Yep, yep. I'm Mr. Franzen, settle down. Just settle, I'm in. Just settle down. I know. I know you're in. I know. And then what did you say about the Eagles? They're supposed to come and... Uh, scoop up the lamb. That They're the lambkins, so the Eagles will, you know, use their talons and like the like the claw on the machine, you know, at the store and get them, grab them like they're a little, little, little plush lamb. Here that, you got them off. You got to so. rag, you got to rag all these kids around the ice, Sparky. Yeah. That's what, that's what Mr. Davis is saying to you. Oh yeah. We're, we're going to set the tone with some big bodies. I'm, I'm, <laughs> right, I'm, right, I'm ready for it. All right. Sparky looks ready, man. He's ready to knock some lambs around next Friday over at uh, River City Sportplex. Once again, first ever. And look, you want to be part of this. You want to be part of history. So uh, make sure you get over there next Friday, 7.30, River City Sportplex off the Riverside Parkway. The Caprock Academy Eagles play their fir- the first Valley's first ever Chassa-sanctioned hockey game against Fort Collins. Make sure you're part of history next Friday. And can they go online and get tickets? Just to, Or just tickets are just sold at the gate? At the door next Friday, correct? Yeah, tickets are going to be sold at the door, but we also have a way to purchase <clears throat> tickets ahead of time. Um, I believe there's a QR code floating around, but I, uh, I don't know. yeah, well, it might be on the might be on <laughs> the website. Got a lot in your mind. Lyle. We're gonna, okay. yeah, got a lot, got a lot flowing through you my mind. Probably, right you now, probably you probably find we'll, it under Caprock Athletics. Probably their website yeah. is probably going to be the best. We call bet. Dan Salazar over there. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Reach out to Dan, and he can help you with that. Yeah, too. yeah. Um, if if not, show up at the door. Um. You know, again, I think we're going to have a really healthy crowd. I don't think it's going to be anything like pink the rink night um, with CMU where, where it's, you know, almost unbearable. But, uh, you know, it's it, it, there's going to be a healthy crowd. But We would like it to be like that, though. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, God, I'd love, I'd love it sardined in there if we can. <laughs> be man. Like, fantastic. I'd, you guys, you boys will be buzzing. It's it's crazy. So, And I think we can get there with this high school team. I really do. So they're going to put together some good hockey here in the future. And if so. you got if you got a young hockey player, it's a great to see the future, what the future looks like uh, for your, your youngster, you yeah. know, high school hockey here in the Valley. Yeah, and so we have, we have the high school next week, Friday, first ever Chassa game. We're actually hosting this current weekend our first ever uh Colorado girls hockey league games this weekend too so if there if you have a little girl out there or a girl interested in hockey daughter uh little sister whatever we will be having uh this weekend Saturday and Sunday 15U Colorado girls hockey league games um at River City Sportplex that we're hosting as well so a lot of good stuff coming down the line guys thanks for making time this morning appreciate it of course Jackson Wilson River City Sportplex Lyle Wilkins coach of the Caprock Academy Eagles and Jacob Sparky Carmichael from the Caprock Academy Eagles hockey team. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Some four down territory next on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. It's your morning sports and more. It's the Jim Davis Show on the team. All right, welcome back in, Jim and Cake. And by the way, they're also going to play at Caprock Academy. They'll play Fort Collins next Saturday at 2.30 as well. But, uh, Want to get folks out for that game on next Friday, 7.30, when they take on Fort Collins over at River City Sportplex. All right, time to hop into four-down territory. We're into four-down territory on the Jim Davis Show on the team. All right, I don't know if you know about this. I had no idea the show even existed, but apparently made its debut. 
on, on CNN. The King Charles Show. It is Gail King. Okay. Oprah's bestie. Okay. From C- CBS's morning show. And Charles Barkley. That apparently it's a limited series. It, it actually made its debut Wednesday night. Okay. The ratings weren't great. A little over 500,000 people watched it. Shocker. But he said a really good interview with Steve Kerr on King Charles. So uh, we'll see where this goes. But I had I had no clue. I might have seen <laughs> something very vaguely about it. I, that, I this, that this even existed, but apparently it was on Wednesday on CNN. Great. For those of you that watch CNN. All right, second down. NBA, or the NFL's flexing a Monday night football game for the first time ever. Surprisingly, it's... The Chiefs being moved out of a Monday night football slot. Huh. League announced that uh, the Week 15 game between the Chiefs and the Patriots being moved to Sunday, replaced with Seattle and Philadelphia for Monday night football on December 18th. Doesn't shock me. That's about the Patriots, not about the Chiefs. It it is. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Just in time for him to be announced as the Sports Person of the Year, Deion Sanders released a new Nike commercial where he spends 90 seconds talking about dreams. It's actually quite inspiring. Uh, go watch it if you get a chance. Fourth down, LeBron James, his business manager, Maverick Carter, is in hot water because Mr. Carter made sports bets with an illegal bookie. Now, the NBA does not have jurisdiction over Mr. Carter, but do you know who does? The federal government.